Welcome to the UK Consult Weekly Podcast with Jonathan Bradley and Elton Daddo, engagement practitioners and general consultation superheroes at Bang the Table in the UK. Hello and welcome to Jono and Elk's weekly ramble through all things online community engagement and public consultation. It's week 22, which by my reckoning, Jono, is three weeks away from our celebrity guest appearance. Oh, yes. Yes. That's come really quick, hasn't it? It has. And 22. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting on for half a year in terms of that body of work to put forward for the National Podcast Awards, possibly even Global Awards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't mind naming high. Moonshot, they're all the rage, aren't they? Yeah. You can just say something absolutely ridiculous and call it a moonshot and everyone, yeah. has, everyone has to give you a serious face. They can't just go and laugh and bang the table and go, oh, what a funny person. They have to look at you serious and go, yeah, yeah, moonshot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a proper thing, isn't it? I mean, we've had moonshots around the England football team since 1966 about winning the World Cup. Yeah. It's it's just never happened, has it? Oh. It might be this time. Some people would have said our podcast was a moonshot, though. I think those early doubters, though, start to come round a little bit now. Now they see the literally 10, sorry, 100 thousands of listeners that we're getting on SoundCloud every week and other listening platforms are available. Yeah. (laughs) But no, so yeah, it might have seemed like a moonshot, but now we've started sending out those bang the table mugs and people are putting them up on Twitter, proudly showing them. I think people are starting to realise this is the real deal and it's here to stay. Yeah. Hey, it's all changed this week, isn't it? And our listeners won't know. No, it would seem to them. Due to technical difficulties, we are actually recording this via Zoom. Other platforms are available. So don't don't get fatigued whilst doing the podcast. No, I'm trying not to. So what I've done is I've gone away from that actual screen. So I can't actually see any reference to Zoom. So for me, the experience is similar. Oh, so you sort of just put yourself away from the Zoom fatigue sort of lens or angle or something. Yeah, I've got um, just some relaxing um, imagery in the background to try and take me away from the fact that I am actually on a Zoom call right nice. as we speak nice it's a good idea but like you can't everything. do that normally if you're doing a presentation or something obviously you have to be in the zoom don't you can't that's true yeah but anyway so what have you been listening to this week do you know what i'm being haunted by spotify because under other, other music streaming <laughs> services are available uh, it's Abba, Tina Turner, and it's just I'm just being force-fed this sort of um, throwback music from Spotify. Even though I've got options on there which says like your daily new hits or new, don't miss the latest new releases, it it just wants me to go throwback, throwback, throwback. So, you know why? Nice. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I've been I've been liaising. Big shout out to our colleague um, Johannes Kreisling. Kreisling, Kreisling. I probably got it wrong, so it's, that's going to upset him. Every week we upset one of our colleagues, yeah. don't we? Inadvertently. Yeah. So, like, trying to shout out and be really positive about someone, we end up upsetting them. But, I think it's only it's very much a British thing, though. Yes, we get embarrassed by things like that. 
So there's a book called Watching the English, and it talks about a lot of uh, sort of cultural hangups and not getting people's names right is one thing, to the extent that we would could probably know someone for five or ten years and avoid saying their name for that whole period rather yeah. than run the risk of the embarrassment of having to say, oh, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, it's very true. Um, a boss that I used to have, and he won't mind, well, I won't, I won't name him, but um, he used to have nightmares with Irish clients. Now, he was naturally from Bangladesh anyway, so English wasn't his first language. Yeah. Um, so he struggled with, you know, just generally with accents in the UK and some names. But he had this list of Irish accounts, and there was one name on there, right, see if you can pronounce it right. So it was someone's first name that was spelt P-A-R-A-C-I-N. P-A-R-A-C-I-N. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not going to say it. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, so you were embarrassed to even attempt it. Oh, is it is it something unexpected, like passing or...? It's more unexpected than that. So he kept phoning up reception, asking for this person. He kept saying, can I speak to Paris in... That yeah. just went on for months, and he would have us all in hysterics. And um, eventually someone said, oh, Porky. Ah, nothing like it. Really, thinking that. See, so all yeah. this time he'd been saying Parisin. So uh, Chrysling, Chrysling, it's okay, really. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll call it. We'll call him Johannes in the interest of getting that part right. Yeah. Well, but yeah, try. he's been share, He's been getting quite into some dark metal music, and he's been sharing some of that with me. It's not my tune of Charlie's tune of the week, but um, yeah, he's he's sending me a lot of recommendations which aren't really kind of 80s ABBA type stuff to be honest but no. really really good stuff we don't have to put my stuff in the blurb no we can i mean it's uh, embarrassing, but we can it's just gonna it's gonna be like simply the best and our last summer oh oh no i can put mine in to sort of raise the bar slightly so i'm gonna go with nine black alps unsatisfied it's a really good track Good. Very underrated. At one point, we'll put we'll put these all together into a list, and they can be like a playlist for community engagement and public consultation professionals. Yes, or the slightly crazy. Or <laughs> those, yeah. Or, or they're all the same. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it seems like ages ago now, because obviously we had that brilliant um, guest last week. I I did a couple of polls on Twitter, so we did a football-related one, didn't we, about whether Edinson Cavani signing from Paris Saint-Germain for Man United would be either a great signing, um, a medium-sized signing, or an absolutely terrible signing. And there were 50 people who got involved in this. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just going to have a look and see what the final results were. So we had great, like Ibrahimovic, I don't think anyone would deny that was a great yeah. signing, so someone who was slightly older in their career. Good, Henrik Larsson, he came on loan, scored some important goals in the Ferguson era. Or the downright ugly, which was Falcao. Yeah. <laughs> he was absolutely atrocious. And it nearly broke the internet, didn't it, this poll? That one did, and then the second poll really created a north-south divide among the whole Twittersphere. But yeah, they went with 39.2% good, Henrik Larsson, 23.5, great. So generally people are thinking that's going to be a good signing. There were 37%, but again, we can't drill down in Engagement HQ to see. I'd like to know 
what the supporters of those clubs are because there'll be some who are just trolling and some yeah. that just you know they've got bias in their vote yeah, if we were hosting these polls on our platform, we, we could ask people to register, tell us a little bit about themselves, and then we would invite yeah. them to take part in a discussion forum. Yeah, and you um, might find things that are interesting, like you might yeah. say, oh, well, interestingly, even though 50% of the people who voted were Liverpool fans, they actually feel he'll be a really good signing, whereas you might think they would just automatically go with the worst option, for example. So you might find out some surprising. I think that, yeah, definitely, yeah. And then the second one, oh, the north-south divide and the debate that this created. I almost wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> so it was what's best with chips, gravy, mayo, ketchup or salad cream? Oh, I'm gravy all the way. Was That was first. There were 39 votes. That was first nearly all the way through. It was pipped in the end by, by that very versatile ketchup. Um. What was really interesting is the number of people who, and this is something that we don't get in Engagement HQ, who were saying, why isn't curry sauce in there? Why isn't HP sauce in there, brown sauce, or whatever it might be? And that's because you can only have four options, whereas in our Twitter, in our polls in Engagement HQ, of course, we can have more options than four. Yes, and obviously we weren't able to launch to do some pre-consultation engagement, maybe using yeah. an ideas board where we would have said, what you know tell us your favorite toppings for uh, chips or what what are your ideas for putting things on your chips we'd have yeah. had you know, lots of different contributions that may have extended the suitable options for our opinion poll to something that was a little bit more relevant to those people that wanted curry as an option for example and weren't then there's also people who like are like mix mayo and ketchup together to create their yeah. own combo yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And things like seafood sauce and like random stuff like that. And plus, we have a slightly crazy colleague, don't we, called Charlie Amos. She probably has squirty cream on it. So she'd probably yeah. upload a, an image of squirty cream on chips or something. Yeah. yeah get some funny yeah. contributions as well. Yeah, definitely. And we got, didn't we get a bit of an intervention from uh, Ipsos Mori? Other pollsters are available, reminding us about the fact that Twitter polls should never be considered um, a good sample and just a bit of fun. So that was a handy bit of advice from uh, Ben Page. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it did end up being a bit of fun, but like I say, it did create these little debates but, um, among people around, oh, surely there's only one option. Well, clearly not, but yeah. yeah. And it did have this north-south element of, you know, gravy being really, really popular and curry sauce, which wasn't an option. But I would have gone for salad cream. That got 5%, that was bottom. So there you go. Yeah, no one does that. A unique taste. A unique taste. <laughs> now, have you got any jokes of the week? Um, I'm going to bring in my colleague, um, Alexa. Oh, thank God it's Alexa and not, not Charlie or something. No. She's just reconnecting to the internet, I think. She goes to sleep quite quickly. <laughs> anyway. Maybe you've trained her so well that she knows not to intervene now. Probably. So it's got an yeah. AI level built in. Ready? Alexa, yeah. tell me a joke. What did the shy pebble wish? Just that she'd be a little bolder. Oh, did you get that? <laughs> no. Doesn't... Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a little bolder. bolder. Was... Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the spelling, isn't it? Because in my head I was thinking B-O-L, what's that all about? <laughs> 
Sean, yeah. oh, there you go. Alexa is smarter than you think. Listen to this. Alexa, what is public consultation? Public consultation, public comment, or simply consultation is a regulatory process by which the public's input on matters affecting them is sought. That was you putting on a voice, wasn't it? No, that's Alexa. She could basically replace us already. We haven't got long left in this game, have we? No. <laughs> We're out. We're going to be out. I reckon five, ten years done. Yeah, maybe less. <laughs> Alexa goes for a moonshot. Two years. Yeah, moonshot development. Yeah, it could be two years, couldn't it? This is yeah. oh, this is depressing. <laughs> I'll cheer you up. Well, no, it won't cheer you up in the slightest. So, um, my joke was. So I don't know if you know, I've got a racing snail. <laughs> I'm laughing just because you said that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so pleased that other people aren't on this podcast. Right, so I took the shell off my racing snail, thinking that it might make him go faster. But to be honest, if anything, it made him a bit more sluggish. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's going to be the joke of the series. <laughs> no, well, our colleagues will have to decide, won't they? If they put together a montage and the joke section, we'll have to see yeah. what comes out on top. Yeah, I like that. It, that was that was very funny, but I think Alexa was a little more subtle. It was, yeah, and because of that spelling thing, that's what threw me. Yeah. I was only thinking of Boulder without the U in it. I was like, what's yeah. that about? Yeah. <laughs> it was clever, though. It was clever. So what else has been going on this week then? And then we can play wordplay at the table if you want. Oh yeah, brilliant. Well, this podcast could be dominated by football because I've got Project Big Picture. We're going to have to talk it through, but I need to do that at the grumpy moment. Okay. So what I've learned in terms of what's been going on this week, Project Big Picture, lots of people hopefully know what it is, so I don't need to explain it. Uh, but please Google it if you don't know. It's proven to me that we can no longer um, do what we used to call a dad approach to launching new initiatives and new proposals. And dad stood for decide, act, defend. Oh, right. So instead, we have a culture of engagement and consultation, which is likely unlikely to go away because everyone's an expert. Yeah, you can, if you want to know about a subject, you go onto the internet. You can instantly, yeah. you, don't, you don't just like bow down and say, oh, you, you know best. You go on the internet, you have a say. So something like Project Big Picture was a real example of decide on something, yeah, act, yeah. so you like announce it, and then you spend the whole time defending it and then watching it unravel in front of, in front of your very eyes. Right? Yeah. We all think, I think anyway, the world has moved on from then. So that's all I'm going to say on that. That's been happening this week, and we're going to come back to that in the grumpy moment. Um, but if we're on project of the week, celebration time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to say the same thing as you. Should we say it together? No, you go for it. No, let's um, say it together. East. East, West. Rail. Rail. Community Hub. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. It just sounds so good. It does. What a great, um, what a great site launch. Yeah, and it had um, dynamic brand integration. They've introduced it with a youtube video a launch video which we'll put in the blurb along with the, the site 
and, and it's just it's a lovely invitation to take part isn't it really yeah and it's it's really really well designed what i really liked about it as well is the way they've kind of pulled our tools out and made those the tiles on the on the front yeah. of it then when you go into like tell your stories it then takes you into a project page so it's almost like back to front yeah you know what i mean the way they've done it yeah really and, good and it's welcome aboard we've saved you a seat this is your platform your place to share your thoughts and learn more about east west rail it's simple really you talk we listen so the floor is yours a play on the word platform because it's an yeah. online engagement platform but it's also yeah. about east west rail oh it's really exciting and it brings back some fantastic memories for me because it was literally the last face-to-face -face meeting i went to three days or a week before the lockdown wow and it was so exciting and it was at the arab offices um along with obviously east west rail um someone from there and yeah it's just people shaking hands it just seems so weird thinking about it now but to see yeah. that go through that process and now come to launch with a video on top was really really excited oh i wish i had a sound effects button now i'd have done that like, the violin music <laughs> i might have had enough of the violins last week after that apology to katie and chris well that's true enough that's true <laughs> That could we could tie this in then quite simply to mug of the week, surely. Oh, it's, it's going to shout out to Ben James and his team, really. Ben James and the team must be mug, West of the Rail. Week. mug on the way, mug on the way. Yeah, yeah, Can have a follow up video of them opening the mug and then drinking from the mug. Brilliant, yeah. right? Let's play some wordplay at the table because you liked this last time, it's been a couple of weeks, you've probably been building some excitement towards it. Yeah, and with short-term memory, last I've forgotten how it goes. Oh, yeah, so it's first description that comes into your mind, work-related only, on the following yeah. three topics. I think the first one, actually, you can tie into your project big picture. Well, let's see. Let's see, let's see. So the very first wordplay at the table is fear factor. Fear factor. Fear factor is when you decide that you're gonna be open and involving when you need to make about a difficult decision and that might be something simple and small like should you move as a council from weekly rubbish collection as in not recyclable weekly rubbish collection to fortnightly yeah. and fear factor is that you decide to be open and honest and then you go, but what if people tell us things we don't like? And it's like, hold on a minute, this is the point. Of course, let them tell you, but let them tell you in a semi-formal, safe, nice environment like an online engagement platform. Because if you don't give them that space to tell you, they'll just be right onto Twitter, winding everybody up. And then instead of people telling you what you don't want to hear in a reasonable place, where actually they might hear another point of view from someone else, you'll just get this like tsunami of negativity um, yeah. which isn't really even real necessarily yeah absolutely that, and that, it's an erosion of trust from the off them really isn't it because any future decision making that is pushed down upon a community they yeah. they've already got their backs up because of the previous decisions that were pushed down on them so you're, yeah. you're just continuing to drive that wedge between the community and yeah. the authority and i think our colleague 
esteemed colleague Ray Scanlon has been picking up this theme about the need for any sort of government or governing body being open to honest criticism and showing their weaknesses and having that conversation. Yeah, embracing that type of feedback and yeah. criticism rather than just viewing it as, well, let's just sift through that and look for the positives and say, yeah. oh, this is all rosy. Yeah, yeah or, not, or let's not have a discussion just in case people don't agree with us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, good start, Elton. Good start. It's a good start. But then the second wordplay at the table is probability. Oh, probability. <laughs> Now, that's a tough one, isn't it? And when I set these, I just set virtually the first thing that comes into my mind. So yeah. I don't think about it. We don't prepare for this. But. Likelihood of success and failure when it comes to um, planning. New housing developments, new roads, etc. Good community engagement reduces the probability of failure. Yeah. Bad community engagement or absence of it increases the probability of higher costs and delays even if you get planning permission because people will object during the build yeah and kick off and slow you down and even possibly have a successful claim for some uh, from some legal angle judicial review or something like that and hope oh, there's probability Thought going to struggle then, but no, yeah, yeah. It's amazing then what suddenly starts to come into your mind as we mentioned when we first did this, drawing out all of your years of experience. You see, things then start to fall into place, don't they? So, the third and final one for this week was chess. If you think about the politics of consultation, and yeah. my long-term professional colleagues and friends in life, uh, Rion Jones and Elizabeth Gamble from the Consultation Institute wrote a book called The Politics of Public Consultation, which right. we can put in the blurb. And yes, con public consultation is like a game of chess in many ways. Um, I don't think you're looking for a checkmate necessarily, but I think you might launch public consultation with all the best intentions and it can be manipulated by your consultees. Um, campaigning groups and so on. Um, not saying they're good or bad people, but they, they, you know, people will try and manipulate the outcome of the consultation. And at the same point, same time, a consul, consul tour, so the organisation launching the consultation, they might also launch it with bad intentions, so that it might already be a done deal. They might be yeah. just doing it as a PR exercise, and then that changes the, the, the way that the game plays out in terms of chess. So yeah, consultation, public consultation can be similar to a game of chess. There you go. My God, I bet you wish there was another seven of these to go now. I can carry on if you want. <laughs> I feel I'm a bit like, um, feel a bit like Yoda gets exhausted after he does all that levitation stuff. Might have to have a lie down. <laughs> have a post-lunch lie down. I might have to. That's really taking its toll on me. All right, well, yeah, we'll stick to three then. Yeah, we don't want to absolutely exhaust. And you're on Zoom at the same time, so it's a double yeah. like, tiredness thing. Yeah. Now, did you have... I'm going to have to go downstairs and read, read up on some consultation methodology just to re-energise. <laughs> Get right into it over lunch. 
<laughs> now, before we extrapolate the big project Meldrew moment that you've got, plus probably several others, um, do you have any stats of the week? I do not have a stat. Um, this, I think we're. I think it's within the rules if, to have a stat of the week or an infographic of the week or both. Yeah, yeah. You can put the infographic of the week in our blurb, and also um, infographics are part of sort of how we encourage people to um, provide learning on that on our sites through digital content. So it all sort of sticks together quite nicely. And this week is how to wear a mask safely. Right. Um, so there's an infographic on it, and it's and it actually says medical mask, but I think it applies to like day day to day life now. And it's got all good do's and don'ts: wash your hands before putting the mask on, inspect the mask for tears or holes. Top tips, you know. Yes. Um, but yep. those are the do's, and then the don'ts are um, do not use a ripped or damp mask. Top advice. Yeah. Do not, this is very important to me because this has also been a grumpy moment a couple of weeks ago. Do not wear the mask only over your mouth or only over your nose. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, we're seeing, I think we're all seeing this, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And this one, do not remove the mask to talk to someone. I mean, that, you know, we, we're all probably going to instinctively do that, but that really defeats the object, doesn't it? Totally, and obviously talking or shouting or anything like that is one is going to, God knows how many times, increase the transmission rate yeah. whilst you're doing it. So that is the time you've got to have it on. Yeah, let me see if you know the answer to this, Elton. Would you A, reuse the mask, or B, not reuse the mask? Reuse after washing, if it's a washable mask. Oh, that's allowed, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But if it's not, it's not a washable one, you shouldn't really reuse it. Yeah, yeah, you should actually um, just bin it. But yeah, I can totally see the logic in, if you've blown a hole in the mask by sneezing, you probably shouldn't wear that again. No. There's a lot more to mask wearing than meets the eye. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's not simple, is it? And obviously there's so many different types of masks that have to be affixed in varying ways as well aren't there so yeah be quite handy uh, infographic of the week for our hundred thousands listeners and a demonstration of the importance of good digital content content to explain something when it comes to engagement we cross so many boundaries and help so many people just in this this brief period of time a week that we put content out it's uh yeah yeah i mean i don't want to pat us pat us on the back but i mean it's incredible we are a bit like the Jedi Knights of, of Star Wars, where people who work in community engagement, we are sort of like, um, what's it, is it the Republic? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then other professions are sort of like the Empire, I'm not gonna name them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we do, we help so many different people in so many different sectors. Yeah, it's really, really broad ranging, isn't it? Far reaching, a bit like, yeah. obviously, like you say, the work we carry out in so many different sectors. Yeah. And, yeah. exciting projects and things like that yeah. um, so I'll bring your mood right down then before we close with Meldrew moments oh Meldrew moments well I think we know what it is uh, can I do a shout out after this just quickly yeah, yeah. Uh, well it is project big picture uh, it is and um, it just goes to show the importance of stakeholder engagement and consultation when you're making big decisions and yeah. as soon as I saw that Manchester United and Liverpool had just come out with this really good idea that they've done behind doors, 
about changes to the premiership. And I was like, that's not going to work. Everyone's going to cry foul. So yeah. I did. And so just let me just read you a few headlines um, for how this plays out when you do something like this. So the fans group unite. Fa fan groups unite con condemn Project Big Picture. The, the fan groups of the six leading premier clubs reportedly to be behind the big picture have denounced the plans, saying they're totally opposed. And listen to this. They are attacking the pro proposals for their lack of consultation. Yeah, so they haven't even got their own fans on side uh, before no. they then take this forward. And it's the height of arrogance, really. I mean, we, have to, we don't want to be sued, do we? So we have to be careful. But you know, it says here, the Premier League, this, so this is the Premier League itself, says all stakeholders should be involved in discussions about the future of the game. Yet yeah. the supporters, this is quote, and yet, the, and yet supporters have not had the courtesy of any communication or consultations about these plans before they were published last Sunday, despite allegedly being three years in the making. Three years they went through that without getting yeah. anyone involved. And I just think that's just, it's insulting, but it's also, it's bad leadership. I mean, how can you be in charge of two big football clubs and think, oh, I know what, we'll just announce that and it's going to go all right. The others will just have to fall into line. Yeah. Because of our size. It's what you were saying earlier in wordplay at the table around fear factor. We can use our size to monopolise and get decisions, you know, that we want. Yeah. And yeah. strike fear and into the, everyone else because they're just small. Yeah. And then you get Greg Clark, chairman at the FA chairman, actually comes out and says, I think he said, you know, the similar sort of things about no, no proper consultation. Yeah. Courtesy of any communication or consultation. So that, you know, that, I think that's, this is going to basically be about three weeks of grumpiness because are there going to be lessons learned? Um, yeah, I've it's been, going to be a trilogy, uh, so I, isn't it? brought this to the attention of Kevin at Fan Insights. Yeah. I think he's probably like, yeah, that's really bad. So I think that there has to be lessons learned from this, you know, for something that is the, what is it, was it the opium of the proletariat football? Just think, well, we're going to make these big changes without engaging people in something that is, is the be all and end all for many people, you know, their football club. It's not for many people, but it is for many people. Fundamental changes like that can't just be done behind closed doors in back rooms. Bad leadership, yeah. bad management, and somebody needs to be held to account. It's terrible. I'm going to call this Meldrew Moments 1 as a three-part trilogy yeah. <laughs> so that we can extrapolate it over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but it's work-related, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you have any other uh, Meldrew Moments? No uh, room. No room. <laughs> that just that filled your head so much that anything else that would have slightly hurt you, so no, no, sorry, you can't get in. No, not, I'm not having it. No, oh, people that don't know how to, people don't think that rules are for them. We have a rule in Mousel, no fires on the beach, right? Now you can argue about whether or not you're allowed fires on the beach, okay? That's fine. But you can't yeah. just go down there and have a fire and just don't know we're different. No, and that's, that's part of the problem. We won't get political, but that's part of the problem around compliance with regulations and, and also miss, and people just not understanding them either because there's so many of them. Yeah, um, but there will always be minorities who, even if they understand exactly what the regulations are, have got no interest whatsoever in adhering to them. Yeah. 
There's very little anyone could do about that. No, I can unfair. understand if they're unfair and yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a riot or a revolution or an uprising. Yeah, not yeah. just not just me. You know, <laughs> as one person thinking, yeah, that's a good rule, but it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Well, mine mine is probably seems slightly benign compared to that. <laughs> so, my melting moment of the week is cling film. Oh my. I cannot oh, get through yeah. one entire, you know, you get one, and you're like, oh, this is a really good deal. I've got 20 metres for £1.50 or something like that. How much of that do you ever use? Because you think, right, this time I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to start it. You know, it's got that neat starting bit. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to use this whole lot of cling film. Over time, I'm going to get my money's worth. Halfway in, two thirds of the way in, little tears start, don't they? So it starts to get a little bit funny. And then week later you're sort of standing there for 10 minutes each time trying to get the bits to marry up and tearing them over and getting them aligned again then you think you've cracked it and then it gets worse and worse and you end up having to throw loads of it away before you finished each roll and just abandon it it's just i just can't use it can't use it and now i've got to start a new one it's a waste oh man i'm feeling your pain yeah and also the bit that it comes all uneven so that there's yeah half the roll is been like savage because you've been trying to unpick it yeah. and then half a roll is like stubbornly in its original position yeah yeah that one's still there but then yeah. when you're unwrapping that it's getting thinner isn't it so if yeah. you want to cover something that's quite big it's not, yeah. it's not wide enough yeah so the whole thing becomes unusable and oh it makes me so angry and you don't even get to the fun bit at the end where you've just got like the cardboard the pup cardboard inner that you can hit people yeah. over the end with or head over it or pretend it's a lightsaber or a trumpet you don't even get to the fun bit yeah or you could be really, really adult with it and recycle it <laughs> yeah we'll just do that oh that, yeah that really makes me cross but i have a theory on that i don't know if we've got time for this it's gonna have to be some serious but um oh i think it's like when you try and economize too much so cheap toilet roll it, it doesn't last any longer than buying a no. expensive version you just get no. something that looks the same but actually they've really padded it out with oxygen um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, just, also, and also, there's always the danger that it rips whilst performing its function. You just don't want that. <laughs> this is a whole another hour-long episode. I think this is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah. It does make me really, really grumpy because <laughs> it's a waste of money as well, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and bad for the bad for the planet. Yeah, because if I could get down to the end, obviously, a I've used it all then. But then it's I can recycle. Not. I can't recycle the wooden bit, the um, cardboard bit in the middle, because it's still got loads of plastic wrapped around it, so it has to go in general waste. No, it's horrendous. Well, you said I could do a quick shout out, so here it is: Ipsos Mori. Other polling companies are available. We participated in a very interesting conference with them called Around Towards Innovation in Online Public deliberation they launched a report based on the discussions so we'll put it in the blurb and yes. it is the headline is how do you harness the unique capacities of the online world for deliberation and dialogue new report from ipsos mori shares the findings from an expert workshop we conducted with engage britain so double shout out ipsos mori and engage britain Fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. I haven't had the chance to do so yet. So uh, 
yeah, we'll whack that up in the blurb. And um, good to catch up as always. And you are, as always, a cantankerous owl. And until next time. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.